0: Tonight we move into the 16th chapter of John. As we do, uh, we continue the walk with Jesus uh, as he walks with his disciples from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, the site of his arrest. Uh, On the journey, we hear the sacred words of our Lord as he invests each word in the life of his beloved disciple. In those words, Uh, We are trained and grown as disciples as well. Tonight our message is entitled, Escape the Snare. Escape the Snare. Tonight we're in John chapter 16, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. John chapter 16, tonight verses 1 through 4. Escape the Snare. I'm going to ask you if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Beginning in the first verse, chapter 16, Jesus is speaking. He says this, These things I have spoken to you that you may be kept from stumbling. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue. But an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think he is offering service to God. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you, so that when their hour comes, you may remember what I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Holy Father, we come tonight, we're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for this Saturday night. We're thankful for, again, the opportunity to gather once again and to praise you and to worship you. Uh, to hear of your goodness, to receive your goodness through your word. I pray, Lord, that that tonight you would speak. I I pray it would be a marvelous thing, a tremendous thing. And I I pray, Lord, that we as your people would be blessed and that we would be a blessing to you. I pray, Lord, that those that, that hear tonight that do not know you, I pray that in the hearing of the good news, that this might be the very night that they trust in you, that they turn to you in faith. Lord, I pray that in all of the the events of this evening that you would be pleased, that you would be known, and that you would be lifted up. We submit it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Last night I said that I believe these are the greatest days to exist as a disciple of Jesus. Jesus is coming again soon, and we We have the awesome opportunity to be standing as the church when he comes. Now, that's tremendous to me. That's mind-boggling to me. Of all the folks, all the ages, we have the opportunity to be the church that is standing when Jesus comes. I also believe these may be the most important days for us to exist as disciples of Jesus. Again, Jesus is coming again very soon, Satan is on the war path. And be sure, many, many souls hang in the balance. And that's the reality. There are many eternities that hang in the balance. Folks, there may have been no more vital days, no more necessary days for disciples to actually stand for the cause of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in that setting... In that climate, I'm afraid we are failing as disciples of Jesus Christ. With so much at stake, with so much on the line, with time running out, I think if we are honest, we are failing as disciples of Jesus Christ. Today, in the days that we're existing in, we are seeing the rapid decline of biblical Christianity. I found some statistics in 2007, that's not that long ago. In 2007, 78% of United States adults identified as Christian. If you ask them, they reported of themselves 78% of American adults that they are followers of Christ, that they are Christians. In 2019, that number has decreased to 65% of American adults. Can you imagine that? In just those short years, now 65% it has declined to report themselves as followers of Christ. Another poll that has been taken since 1937 reports for that the very first time in the history of this report that less than 50% of American adults are members of a church, and that's any church, any denomination. Less than 50% for the very first time are members of a church. That that survey goes on to say the majority of those state that they do not consider church membership to be important. In their Christian walk, in in their day-to-day activities, they do not believe church membership to be important. Since the coronavirus, listen to these statistics, one in three, 33%, one in three, have stopped participating in the church life, in the life of the church, even as much as watching a video. You understand that? 33%, one in three, have ceased operating, participating in the local church. Only 35%, the same study, only 35% are still participating in the church in the same capacity as they were before the virus. Only 35% are still as active as they were before the virus. Another poll from 2021, very recent, says that over half of those professing faith in Christ on their own admission, are not practicing their faith. Now, there's a problem with that. We know that. But, but over half of those who say they were following Jesus Christ on their own admission say they are not practicing their faith. Now, the reasons they do not have time was the main one. The second one was they do not know how to practice their faith. Now, I can keep on going. There's a whole bunch of statistics but I want to tell you, the reports look very bleak. And I believe the reality is we have failed and we are failing to produce trained, equipped, enthusiastic, resolved disciples of Jesus Christ. And I believe that. That's the truth. We're, we're failing to produce equipped, excited, resolved, committed, trained Disciples of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. And Satan is rejoicing. In our study of John, we have seen the truth of Jesus laid out. We have seen the truth of the gospel confirmed. And through that, and I believe picking up steam, we have seen the importance of disciples. We've seen the importance of the original ones And we've seen the importance of of the ones now, us as well. My call tonight on 971, disciple of Jesus Christ, is this. Let's go. That's my call tonight. It is as simple as that. Let's go. Our Savior is King. Our world is in need. Our gospel is good news. Our God so loves, and we need not one more thing. And so my call is, disciple of Jesus Christ, let's go. Let's go. This is our purpose. This is our purpose. Let's go. Tonight, in our verses, we again find Jesus building his disciples. Just hours before the cross, he is still investing in his disciples, training, equipping his disciples. Jesus continues, let's go to our verses, chapter 16, verse 1. Jesus continues. These things I have spoken to you so that you may be kept, From stumbling, Jesus says, "These things I've spoken to you, so that you may be kept from stumbling." Jesus starts off and he says, "These things." Now, on a broad sense, he has told them this very night to put to put aside their pride. He's told them you're going to have to put your pride aside. He has told them to serve. In humility. To be a disciple, they're gonna have to serve in humility. He has told them to serve at the cost of self. He has told them they're gonna have to love one another. He, in fact, says that is the command love one another. He has told them to abide in Christ. Let me tell you something right here. I think when I'm done with this, I'm gonna preach a sermon series on abiding in Christ. Listen, disciples, we have to get close to Christ. We have to stay close to Christ. We have to be in Christ. Now, it may not be 100 nights, but it might be. We have to abide in Christ. That's what he tells them. They have to abide in his word. He tells them they have to walk in the spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're to walk in the filling and the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. He has told them all of those things on this single night. And then he has told them what to expect from the world. Hatred, persecution, trouble. He said these things are what you can expect. As sure as day, you can expect these things. They are coming. Hatred, persecution, trouble. These things, the verse continues, I have spoken to you. These things, those things, Jesus says, I have spoken to you. Now it's for a reason. He says, so that you may be kept, the word kept translates saved, withheld, so you may be saved from, so you may be withheld from, so you may be kept from stumbling. That's what Jesus says. These things I've spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. Now, we read stumbling and we think tripping or faltering. We think something like that, stumbling. The word stumbling in the original language in the Greek literally translates caught in a trap or snared. Snared. So see this tonight, as a disciple, be sure of this, Satan wants to run you. Now, it doesn't matter to him how he does it, but he wants to run you. Satan wants, as a disciple of Christ, he wants to run you. As a disciple, the world wants to derail you. The world wants to pull you off a track. Listen, be very sure tonight, people feel a lot better about being off track if they can get you off track as well. And I don't know what that is. That's human instinct, I guess. But people that are off track, they feel a lot better about being off track if they can get you off track as well. And so the devil and the world are setting snares for you. Don't be be alarmed at that. That's the truth. They are setting traps for you. Every which way, they're setting snares for you. And the goal is that you as a saved disciple of Christ, especially as a saved disciple of Christ, that you would fall for it and that you would stumble. Satan wants you to stumble. The world wants you to stumble. They're looking for it. So Jesus says, I've told you these things before him so that you would escape the snare." That is his goal, that we would not stumble, that we would be warned, and that we would escape the snare. Think about this. If they had not known trouble was coming, if they had not known hatred was certain, if they had not known that persecution was coming, when it came... They might think their faith had faltered. You know what? We're doing the right things. We don't understand this. When trouble came, if they didn't know it was coming, they might think something must be wrong with our faith. People still say that today. There must be something wrong with your faith. If they didn't know trouble was coming, they might think worse yet that God has failed. He gave us a mission. He gave us a purpose. And now it seems to be falling apart. They might think if they didn't know trouble was coming, that God has failed. If they had not known that trouble was coming, they might have turned to the world's tactics. And I'll just tell you tonight, that is the greatest temptation When trouble comes, when persecution comes, when the hard things come, we just start to think, you know what? Well, we'll just get in with the world. We'll act like the world. We'll do it like the world does. And if you slander me, you know what? I'm going to have to slander you. And that's my answer. If you hate me, you know what? I'm going to have to hate you. And that is our answer. And not knowing they might fall into the trap, not knowing they might stumble. Listen, not knowing, we might as well. We might as well. Verse two. They will make you outcast from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think he is offering service to God. Listen to that again. They will make you outcast from the synagogue, but... An hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. Jesus says here, they will make you outcast from the synagogue. That was a great fear of a Jew. That was a great fear of a Jew. That is why the Jewish leaders had so much power. Sometimes you wonder, well, why do they have so much pull? Why do they have so much power? Well, this was a great fear of the Jews. You see, it wasn't just to be put out of the synagogue. It wasn't just to be excluded from worship. They couldn't go to worship. No, for a Jew, it was to literally be cut off from all of life. Other Jews would not do business with you. Other Jews would write you off. Your family would say, you know what, you've gone a different direction, and they would disown you. They would pull back from you. And when you were cut off from the synagogue, you were pushed off from Jewish life. They, they couldn't or they wouldn't have anything to do with you. As a person, you were done. Well, Jesus says that's going to happen. You'll be put out from the synagogue. But he says not only that, an hour is coming when they are so misled that they will actually think killing you is an act of religious service. That's what he says. You're gonna be put out. You're gonna be cut off. But worse than that, there's actually gonna be coming a day when they are so misled that they think killing you is an act of religious service. They think killing you is a good thing and that it honors God. He tells them they'll not have not only no remorse in killing you, they will celebrate it as a good thing. I think about Stephen in the book of Acts. They thought they were doing a good thing. They thought they were protecting their their world, their culture, their, their religion. They will not only have no remorse, they will celebrate it as a good thing. Now, I want to say two things from this verse. The first thing is this. The world will make religious systems that the world will approve of. And that's that's the fact. The world will make religious systems that the world will approve of. And then the pressure will always be to concede to the world's mistruth. That's happening today. The world will make a religion that everybody can approve of, and then the pressure is going to be that you would concede to the world's mistruth. Even now, the world doesn't mind. Listen, it doesn't mind if you worship. The world doesn't mind if you worship. The world doesn't mind if you're spiritual. The world doesn't mind if you're religious. It's okay with that as long as it's not the truth that you worship Jesus Christ. So the world will make a religion everybody can agree on, and then the pressure is to concede and to compromise and to take the mistruth of the world. That's happening right now. Today we live in a day and it's Satan's doing when people say, you know what, we don't want to upset folks. We we don't want to tell somebody something that might hurt their feelings. And, And folks come along and I hear it all the time. Isn't it all the same anyway? It's all the same anyway. And Oprah Winfrey comes over here and says, it's all the same anyway. And somebody else comes over here and they say, it's all the same anyway. And our differences, they do not really matter. And we can just all go together. We don't want to upset anybody. Believe what you want. Listen to me tonight. There is one truth. There is one gospel. There is one Savior. His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. Jesus said it himself. That's the first thing. Second thing, and I want to point this out, and I want you to be sure of it, and I want you to remember this. Second thing I want to point out is this. From this verse, any faith... Any belief set that has to be upheld in threat, violence, or death is a faith of Satan. And I want want you to be sure of that. If you have to intimidate or you have to kill to uphold your truth, you do not know the truth and your faith is of Satan. Satan. All the way through history, continuing today. If you have to intimidate somebody, if you have to kill somebody to uphold your faith, it is not of Jesus Christ, it is of Satan. Be sure and remember that. Verse three. These things they will do, he explains it, because they have not known the Father or me. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me, Jesus says the reason they do these things is because they do not know him, they do not know the Father. The reason they do these things, now listen, the things are despicable, the things are terrible, these are evil things, the reason they do these things is because they do not know God. Do not miss this. And so the answer is, they need to know Jesus. They need to know Jesus. They don't misinterpret that. Don't take that off in a wrong spin. The answer is they need to know Jesus. The reason they do, don't, they do these things is they don't know him. Follow with me. The answer for the world's problems And I'll just tell you the answer for the conflict in the world today, the answer for war, the answer for factions, the answer for racism, the answer for hatred, the answer for bitterness is Jesus. The world needs Jesus. And you want to ask me tonight, when will peace be known? When will peace reign? You want to know when it will reign? When it will reign? You want to know when the haves will get along with the have-nots? You want to know when the northerners will get along with the southerners? You want to know when the light-colored folks will get along with the dark-colored folks? You want to know when the Democrats will get along with the Republicans? You want to know when the capitalists will get along with the communists? You want to know when the North Koreans will finally get along with the South Koreans? It is when they know Jesus, Jesus is the answer. Do you know how many hours, and I'm talking hours, have been wasted in peace accords and peace talks and peace treaties when all that needed to happen was that folks would turn to the Prince of Peace, Jesus, and that is where they'll find peace. Jesus is the answer. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me, verse 4. But these things I have spoken to you again, so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. He says, these things I have forewarned you of, so when they happen, instead of being ruined, you'll be encouraged. Instead of your faith being torn apart, your faith will be bolstered. Instead of questioning God's plan, you will actually know you're in God's plan. It hasn't fallen apart. You're in God's plan. He ends it by saying to them, these things, again, these things, I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. Now what that means is, There was no need to say them at the beginning because they could turn to Jesus. But very shortly, Jesus won't be with them. And so now he's preparing them, telling them these things. Here's the point to that. They were to be, and we are to be now, growing as disciples. That's what they were supposed to be doing. That was the plan. That's what we're supposed to be doing as well. We're supposed to be coming stronger as disciples. We're supposed to be having a deeper faith as followers of Christ. We're supposed to be now having a deeper commitment than we did three months ago or or, or three years ago. Our, Our commitment is supposed to be deeper. Yesterday I started by telling you four things that impactful end-day disciples are going to need. Four things that impactful end-day disciples are going to need. Remember these? A true knowledge of Jesus, a deep understanding of the gospel, a radical commitment to both, and an uncompromising resolve to stand. Here's the question tonight. We're about to end it. Are you, you, growing as a disciple? Do you have a true knowledge of Jesus? Is it growing? Do you you have a deep understanding of the gospel? Could you explain it? Is it growing? Do you have a radical commitment to both? Is that becoming the priority of your life? Do you have an uncompromising resolve to stand? You know what? I'm going to stand, come what may. Are you growing as a disciple? I'm going to end with three things tonight. Three very practical things, and here they are. The first thing tonight is this start where you're at. Start where you're at. Sometimes we think, you know, I'm so far behind, I've messed around, I've missed so much time, I'm I'm this age, and I can't believe it. Let me tell you, here's the first thing start where you're at. You can't start any place other than where you're at, but go ahead and start where you're at. There's no need to be embarrassed. There's no need to sit around and regret. Start tonight where you're at. You know what? God wants to grow you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Start where you're at. Second thing is this. If you have stumbled, he says these things I tell you to keep you from stumbling. If you have stumbled, ask God to forgive you and then leave it there and move on. And you say, well, man, I sure made a mess of that thing. Well, I, I knew the right thing and I did the wrong thing. Or I, I wish I'd have never done that. And I sure messed this thing up. If you have stumbled, ask God to forgive you. He will leave it there and move on. It's time to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And the third thing is this, let's go. Let's go. There is a great need. Eternities hanging in the balance. And if we'll be obedient, the greatest days are still ahead. The greatest days are ahead for a disciple of Jesus Christ. Third thing is this, let's go. Let's go. Pray with me, if you will. Dear me, we come and we're thankful for your truth. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your encouragement. Lord, I pray that the fruit of 71 days of hearing you, of hearing your voice, would be first off that you're glorified, first off that you're known. I pray that those that don't know you, that they, they hear of you, they turn to you in faith. But I, I pray, Lord, that the great fruit of these 100 days would be that disciples are sure of who you are and they're sure of your great gospel and they're, they're committed to both of those things and they're resolved to stand. Lord, I pray that what you're doing, you're building, you're equipping the same as those that were walking with you on that night You're preparing us on these nights to stand to be a witness to a lost and dying world. Lord, I pray we're growing as disciples, stirring our hearts, moving our thoughts. Lord, use us for your namesake, for your cause, for your glory. Lord, again, I'm thankful for this night, for this opportunity. I pray as we begin to close it out, I pray that you would continue to speak. I pray in this time of invitation that our hearts' responses, whatever they are, would bring honor and glory to you. Lord, we give it to you, we trust it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close this Saturday night with a time of response, a time of imitation, a time to respond to the truth of God's word, and your response may be different than somebody else's. Maybe you're here tonight and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you say, yes, I I trust him. But you know what, you say, I feel stagnant as a disciple. I'm not growing, I haven't been. I got distracted like these folks. I thought there wasn't enough time. Maybe your response tonight is to say this. I'm going to start where I'm at. I'm going to start tonight and I'm going to commit anew tonight. Maybe that's your response. Maybe you're listening tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never trusted Jesus Christ. And you do not have the peace and the hope that we have in our finished work of our Savior. And maybe your response tonight is to say, Jesus, I trust you. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you're resurrected, that you live again. I believe my hope is in you. And so for the salvation of my sins, for my salvation, I call you my Savior. I trust you. Maybe that's your response tonight. Maybe your response is to take a step of faith and say, I need to follow in believers' baptism. And I've been recently saved, or it's been some time back, but I need to follow in believers' baptism. And your response is to say, I want that to stand. And you come, and let's set a date for that as well. Maybe your response is to say, you know what, I need to get a part of a church. I don't want to be like 50% of the world that doesn't belong to one. That The Bible tells us God puts us in one when we're saved. Maybe your response tonight is to say, you know what, I need to join the church. I want to commit to it. I want you to count on me, and together we'll point to Christ. Maybe that's your response tonight. Maybe your response tonight is something totally different. Maybe it's to come pray here at the front. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Whatever your response is tonight, as we stand to sing, if God has spoken to you, if God is speaking to you, you step out. You come on. You come on. I'll meet you here.